0: This is Adkins, and this is Adam, and we're bringing you another episode of the All Mighty Podcast produced by the Back Patio Network.
1: And what an episode it's going to be. We got two awesome episodes of My Hero Academia to go over. Uh, What would you say? We're like maybe a quarter of the way through season five, or do you think we're halfway through now?
0: Uh, I don't even remember how many episodes we are deep in this, because I only see episode like their full number, like across all seasons, 99 and 100 is what we're covering today. Uh, So I don't know, like normally what an anime season is like 24 episodes, maybe
1: something like that. And I think it started at 89. So we're roughly 11 episodes in.
0: Yeah, a dozen. So we could be up to halfway through season five. Yeah, be, that's kind of a bummer i don't even like saying that out loud i know
1: i know that kind of sucks but uh hey it is what it is you know maybe i can convince you to let us start reading the anime reading the anime i mean reading the manga <laughs> you know that would I mean, ruin it.
0: the whole premise of our show <laughs>
1: it would but man like things are heating up i want to know what's going on I know you're really wanting to jump into it. but I want to get back to Vigilantes. Honestly, like that, that was such a fun read. I can't believe how much I miss it. I didn't think that I would, like, I really thought the show would be enough My Hero for me, but I miss reading that one a lot.
0: You know, I think that we've done ourselves a favor with that. We were so close to being current with Vigilantes that we would have been in a holding pattern potentially with the anime and with Vigilantes. It's true. Uh, So taking this anime break, if you want to call it that, and and in stepping away from Vigilantes actually just means that when we go back to Vigilantes, there's even more than when we left. That's
1: true, but I think it'll be finished when we go back. And I don't think they have too many more uh, chapters coming out, so we'll see. We shall see. But before we jump into episodes 99 and 100, I wanted to chit-chat with you
0: about a couple things, Please. Adam. If Let's I may do right. it so one one thing i wanted to just highlight as a as a neat um just i guess marker of health for for this particular podcast was that you sent me some of our chart positions for countries all over the world where the Almighty podcast ranks as far as uh what what are they called after show podcasts is that what I think is that that's, what we
1: are <laughs> that's the new category, yeah, I think we're considered an after show or a follow along or something like that all right,
0: so according to what Adam sent me earlier this
1: week, we are
0: As far as like all after shows in any given country, we're ranked
1: 189th in the U.S., which is pretty good. And that fluctuates quite a bit. I've seen us a lot higher up on that ranking. Like we've been in the top 100 before. Get out. Yeah. No, no, no. We were were 100, I think. I'm not going to say we were higher than that, but we were at least at 100 at one point in time. Well, one
0: question that I had, and and what you're saying doesn't change my question at all is are we even sure that there are 190 after show podcasts in the u.s like I that we're not just flat out in laps last place Man, when it comes I, to all of these countries
1: i found a um oh it wasn't saved by the bell it was a boy meets world after show podcast the other day and they are currently watching it they're like two seasons in if that exists there's got to be a freaking after show for everything Okay, because
0: we're we're ranked number sixty eight next in Mexico, and I was like, maybe they only have access to sixty eight of them. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Two hundred and twenty one in Norway, one hundred and sixty in Ireland, and one hundred and thirty five in Japan. Which I thought that that's pretty impressive, given the fact that we are literally talking about you know Japan produced uh, material.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually looking at our chart right now. We're number one thirty two currently in Japan, which I think is pretty cool.
0: Leaped past three more.
1: Yes. <laughs> awesome.
0: And then we also found out today that we just have two listeners in Bangladesh, which is super awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that just, is cool. <laughs> I don't know who those two are, but we we value them immensely. They bring us much joy, as do uh, the people that are in our Discord. And we've had another voice kind of join uh, in a lot of the discussions just in the last couple of days, a gentleman by the name of Black Rain, who you said that you are familiar with because of Rocks and runelords.
1: Yeah, Black Rain is one of our uh, patrons uh, from uh, Rocks and Rune Lords, which is another podcast produced by the Back Patio Network. If you haven't checked this out, go to backpationetwork.com. We've got all kinds of cool stuff on there. Hannah's done... My wife Hannah has done a bunch of board game reviews. Uh, We've got two or three other podcasts. If you're into comic books, I had a comic book cabinet podcast where we cover all kinds of heroes and stuff. That was a blast. Uh, Season 2 will be releasing soon, so uh, check it out. We've got a lot of fun stuff on there.
0: Yeah, and and the almighty channel on the back patio networks discord is pretty active a lot of conversations take place in there we don't just talk about my hero although we try to talk about that fairly regularly we had some interesting discussions about endeavor Uh, one of the members of that discord is uh, pretty bought into the new mobile game strongest hero ness Um, a bunch of us i think gave it a shot for a week or so um, but ness is hanging in there strong uh, still playing it so if you've if you're dabbling in that game uh, You could jump in and Nestle and talk to you all you want about summons and, you know, uh, daily events and weekly challenges and all sorts of stuff. There's a whole bunch to that game. Seriously, mega big game. But it's man, there's some massive pay to win stuff in there as well.
1: It's a, it's a quite a bit of fun though. I mean, if, uh, if you like trying to go to the same place and the user interface, like 17 different ways, this is the game for you. <laughs> yeah. We also, <laughs>
0: if you jumped in our discord this past week, you would confuse us for being a Dragon Ball Z podcast as much as we talked about that show this week.
1: At what point uh, in time do we going to start one, man? We just got to do I know it. we
0: need to, man. That was the, that was the whole origin story of the AMP. So maybe we'll get around to doing something with it. Um, so anyway, Back patio network on Discord. Come and join us in the Almighty podcast. And now I am at fault officially uh, with something that I am holding against episode 99. Uh, so let's 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 start talking about these episodes. Episode 99 is called called Our Brawl. And my first note is that it took three minutes and 50 seconds of animation before we see something that we haven't already seen, and that frustrates the crap out of me. That's almost 20 percent of the runtime of the 24 minute episode was stuff that we saw last week. That also includes the intro, but still that's annoying. It is. And then we just, we just talked for six minutes and are just now talking about my hero. <laughs> the anime.
1: <laughs> we don't count. We didn't recap last week. So if we had spent, if we had spent the first six minutes of this episode, recapping what we talked about last episode, then I would be frustrated to listen, but I feel That's like true. in this case, we, we you're right. We, we saw the last recap, basically, the last three minutes of the f- previous episode of ninety eight and then it goes into the intro, which is great and all. But I mean, when you only have twenty twenty four ish minutes of of show, I don't want to see what happened last week. Just give me something new, especially knowing we're halfway through the season,
0: yeah and if if i if I wasn't aware of the fact that this material has an origin as manga then I would accuse the animators of of being like, oh crap, I wish we still had those four minutes because now we have to wrap this fight up in two minutes instead of in six because the end of the fifth match happens in like somebody snaps their finger and it's just like done all of a sudden. And that was kind of annoying to me too
1: it took a weird turn because we left off with class 1a kind of in peril we weren't sure what was going to happen Deku had his powers freak out but then all of a sudden it literally flips on end and they're just kicking ass all of a sudden so
0: well we'll talk about it when we get a little deeper into episode 80 um these or episode 99 rather we are on our episode 80 that's why I have my confusion there um and these two anime episodes cover material from chapters 214 through 219 of the manga, but with some weird caveats that I'll talk about when we get to the end of episode 100. So we, when we get to the actual, like, new material, <laughs> we have Vlad Aizawa and All Might, and they're still talking about Deku's outburst. And Aizawa's like, listen, if it happen- happens again, I'll just jump in and stop it. it. It's a quirk. I can shut those things down. You remember, that's my thing. Along yeah. with, like, you know, awkwardly sleeping in sleeping bags and and that kind of thing. But... Uh, All Might is wondering why it is that Aizawa seems to have changed his tune a little bit. And Aizawa explains it's just because everybody that's in this fight is still fighting, like they still want to win. And so he's just like, let them finish this out.
1: Yeah, I think he also wants to give Shinzo the the credit he deserves and the time he deserves to be able to prove himself. Because we we do see later that he is basically reviewing his fights with some faculty staff. So I think he really wanted to be able to help Shinzo out. If anything, it was definitely for him.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you note that. I think in the anime, Vlad calls him nice. Look at you being a nice guy or Mm -hmm. you're such a nice guy. And Aizawa says, I guess. In the manga, he says, you indulge them. And I didn't expect that, which is slightly different, but still leaning in the same directions. And so we get back to the fight. And where we last left off, Shinso had tried to throw some capture tape in Ochako's direction, but it's intercepted by Midoriya. And so Shinzo gives his capture tape uh, a quick jerk, which is not a euphemism for anything uncouth. Um, but he yanks Deku off of his feet. Uh, and Ochako is surprised by this, um, wondering if Shinzo is now physically stronger than Deku. But Deku is just wary about using one for all and putting everybody at risk. Uh, so Ochako is like, maybe now is the time to retreat. But Deku's like, nah, I need to keep Shinso in my sight. He's still kind of a big threat. And she asks him if he's going to fight Quirkless, and he shakes his head, and then he asks for
1: a favor. And then it switches off, you know, the Horikoshi uh, storytelling style. Oh we, we, leave, we leave that fight, and we move on to the next one real quick. Uh, and it's Mineta and Mina, and they're trying to fight off, uh, who is it, Koda? And, Shoda. Uh, Shoda, yeah, Shoda and Yui Koda, is that her name? Yui Kodai. Y- Yui Kodai, thank you. And I have totally blanked on the third person's name. The third person of the other team? Yeah. What is her name? She's the one that makes things uh, oh, bigger. Oh, you're talking
0: about... I call her Emily, Polterge- the lady
1: Pol- with the poltergeist quirk. Yes, 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 yes. That's right, Emily. So that's her quirk name. Uh, or not quirk name, but that's, that's her hero, her hero name. name. Right, Emily. Easy so, to remember. And they're kind of getting wrecked. I mean, like they, they're getting screws and nuts and bolts f- flung at them and and they're having a hard time but it minetta is actually able to save mina because she's about to get hit with something and he's got his sticky balls all over the place and he kind of recaps his quirk and is like oh i can jump off these they don't stick to me so he's jumping all around and he intercepts something i think it's like a, a bolt uh and it's as like he... a
0: yeah it's like this the handle of a water spigot is and that I what it is it looks like shoda in the anime it looks like he throws it. But in the manga, it specifically says smack. And so I had questions well, when I was watching the anime. I was like, does throwing mean that he gets to do the, his quirk thing, too? But in that manga,
1: that cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. The smack makes more sense for sure based off the way his quirk is read. Uh, but you know, Mineta does a Mineta and he perves it up and yes, he saves Mina from getting hit by this thing, but he also uses it to what I will say his advantage and bumps into <laughs> her chest and loves it. Uh, even she is like, you having a good time down there? And, and then she spins up and throws him and they do this pinky grape combo where he's just like bouncing off everything around him. And he, he's going so fast that class one B can't keep up. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, he, he's able to definitely hold his own for a few minutes. And then we switch back over.
0: Yeah. There are a couple things, too, really quickly about this scene that I super enjoyed. One of them is, like, talking about strongest hero. I played with Mineta quite a bit. Uh, I pulled him really early on. And in that game... It's exactly like what he just described, that he he ends up throwing his purple balls all over the field. And when you step on them, then you get little boosts that you can use as attacks. But when enemies step on them, they're stuck for a second. Oh, that's um, cool. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Did you not get Mineta in that game? I
1: unlocked him and did not do anything with him because I wanted oh, to level man. up Sue.
0: He was uh, my MVP for a long time until really? I pulled Momo.
1: Yeah. OK, OK. See, that's uh, it, the, it, the, I will say the cool thing about that game is that each character plays so uniquely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That was that was very, very cool. Uh,
0: But then they put Aizawa beyond my reach, and I was not happy about that. (laughs) I may jump back on. I was telling Ness that I may jump back on to the game uh, when Jiro comes around just so I can pull her and then deploy her as my like overworld avatar and then not play the game ever again. (laughs) I just want Jiro. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool about this scene before we move on to the, the next place that Horikoshi jumps us around and gives us whiplash uh, in the process uh, is when Mineta starts bouncing off all these balls on the field. Poor Emily like covers herself, like covers her body, like her like her chest, basically. And it's just like ew. and Mineta's like, come on, don't dodge. Like he
1: wants to run into <laughs> another female, of course. She saw what happened. She knew it was up. She was like, "All yeah, right, yeah. I got to really protect myself from this guy. So we get snapped to the viewing platform um,
0: where we see classmates from both classes kind of discussing the merits of their competitors. And Jiro asks what in the world happened to the teachers because last they heard, they had gone to stop Midoriya. So she's wondering what happened to Midoriya and Ochako. And then we get snapped back to yet another scene um, (laughs) involving Monoma. We're just all over. Horikoshi, Horikoshi's hard in these two episodes. Good lord.
1: And it's pretty cool, though, because Monoma is using his powers. I mean, he has copied Emily's quirk. He is throwing, I think it's a bolt at Deku. And right before he gets hit, Ochako comes in and blocks it. And this is where we kind of get a bit of Monoma background. He's like mentally just talking to himself and he's talking about how he's not meant to be a main character. And, and he's, he's always like copying other people. So he's not going to be the primary hero, but he's a great support character. And he tries to copy One For All, and when he does, Deku freaks out. He's like, "Oh crap! Like, don't activate it. This is dangerous. Please stop." You know, he's he's really worried about Monoma. He because. All he knows is that All Might told him, if your body's not prepped for this quirk, you'll literally explode. And he's imagining Deku parts going everywhere with his weakened body when we first right. met him. Uh, and Monoma does try to activate the quirk. And as he does, Ochako is able to use some gunhead martial arts and just takes him down. I mean, like, full-on choke slam, just right into the ground. And then the quirk seems to sort of fizzle out, and Monoma's like, "Ah, oh, it's a blank. Um, And and Shinzo tries to help, but as Shinzo starts to do anything, Deku all of a sudden floats up to the top and is able to confront him. So we've got a Chaco on the ground and Deku up top in some scaffolding about to fight Shinzo.
0: Yeah, and then we get snapped once again away from this fight and to another scene. Uh, This time it's a little bit of a flashback involving Aizawa training Shinzo and Uh, The Shinzo is kind of complaining. He's like, how do you expect me to master this stuff? It took you six years. And as I was just kind of explaining, well, you know, I didn't have anybody teaching me, but I'm here to teach you. You're not trying to do this on your own. Uh, But he says, for people like us, when the time comes, if we can't do something on our own, then we'll just die. Uh, And that kind of ties back to The USJ, you know, where Midoriya was like, you're a one-trick pony, Aizawa. And Aizawa's was like, no, I'm not. Sit back and watch, youngin. And it also kind of goes back, and we get a little bit of this uh, more of what I'm about to say in episode 100, where it ties back to Vigilantes. There was a run where Aizawa, we were kind of privy to Aizawa's past um, and uh, Shirakumo, Loud Cloud. And, And I think that that goes back to... His origin story, Aizawa's, um, and, yeah. and you start, he's, he's bringing a lot of that Vigilante's back, backlog or, or background information into the anime. Um, and this is the first time we, like Shirakumo, they mention him by name in this next episode, and it's never talked about previous to that. So if you haven't read Vigilante's, you don't know what the hell he's talking about.
1: And it was really cool because we have read Vigilante's. These scenes made so, like, they meant so much more to me because I know what he's feeling i know what he's experiencing it's not like a oh who's that or like i just totally missed it so i thought that was a really I, i'm happy we've been reading vigilantes i'm so happy i can't wait to get back into that series
0: yeah i agree and then we snap back again uh and Midoriya is beginning to crackle with one for all even though he had kind of i mean he told ochako he wasn't going to fight quirk List, but he's definitely going to be dialing things down he's a little gun shy and like, reasonably so, I would think. Sort of, uh, but
1: he mentions in this moment that he's not scared to use his quirk anymore. So he, he's real flaky in this episode on what he's actually feeling, I feel like.
0: Yeah, so he he starts rushing towards Shinso. Shinso um, does the same move that he did against Shishida and uses his wraps to pull some pipes down. And what, the, what is holding these pipes up like? Elmer's glue apparently or how, so. stru- or how <laughs> strong is so that he's just yanking these things down. I was like, man, this is insanely strong. <laughs> he's just ripping these things off like it's no big thing. Um, so, uh, you know, he you you kind of are privy to Midoriya where he's like, listen, all that fear and doubt from this morning, it's gone so that man's presence and that voice and, you know, a lot about him reminded me of All Might. And then he just deploys Black Whip and stops these pipes that are falling on him in midair. And he says, I'm not afraid of this power anymore. And I think it's on my shot, my side. Um, and it felt a lot like one of those weird, kitschy shonen, like instant power ups. But they treat it differently. And that's, that's where I started to appreciate it a little bit more. But you had a slightly different approach. Uh, thought about this than I did right
1: yeah I mean I I I get that like so they they show this scene where he's using the this quirk to capture the pipes and then kind of like lay them down around him instead of them hitting him and then he seems to have like an internal pain like he can't control the quirk and it's not that he loses control it's just like oh my gosh this was really exerting I've got to stop it so he dismisses it but like I think I mentioned this in our last episode I just don't like that in one second he literally has no control at all to the point that he's possibly going to hurt all of his peers and destroy the city around him to yeah i can use it once for like five seconds i mean that's a that is a pretty big jump in the matter of a few minutes
0: okay but but i'm gonna interrupt you i'm gonna let you finish (laughs) uh, all right but there is there's there's some at least an attempt to try to reason uh, the the readers and the viewers to why it is that he would even attempt to use Black Whip once again and it's when he starts talking about how uh, he he kind of goes over his own origin story he says something like you know uh, my origin makes me feel like I can do anything at any time and so he he recalling all the hard work it, ter- it took for him to be just a, a an appropriate vessel for one for all and then building up the the power and his access to it overall. And so it almost felt like he had psyched himself up, like, listen, I've come a long way. Let me give this one more shot. And then he hits that wall of limitation. And I like that it wasn't that he hit that wall super fast. Like, I think in the anime, it said it only took like a couple of seconds that he even had those things out and in any measure of control before he experienced that pain.
1: Yeah, and and that's fine and all. I just don't like that we went from literally not controlling it at all to I'm not going to use my quirk because I can't control this to, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Let's give it a shot. All in the matter yeah. of like a minute. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, it just and
0: he's still he's still not using parts of his quirk. Like he's explicitly not using air force, which is newer to him, because he's worried that the his his tenuous grasp on that particular power. Might also create, I guess, like an opening for the Black Whip to go out right. of control once again. So that was kind of shakily talked around. It just but feels the like attempts big, were made.
1: It feels like a big risk. I mean, he literally just lost control of it to to try to master that, or not even master it, but just to attempt to use it again in an uncontrolled environment felt undeku like. He is so anal about everything he does. Like he he wants to be sure that he is in control, and it just I don't know. It didn't feel like Midoriya to me, but that's my opinion.
0: Well, he, he gets to the place mentally where he realizes he can't control it at 20%, which is like his new standard, uh, percentage of, uh, full cowling. Right. Uh, so he's like, well, maybe I'll do it at 8%. And Shinzo is kind of pissed at Midoriya. He thinks that Midoriya was feigning being out of control earlier. Um, but he still realizes that he's probably outmatched in, you know, hand to hand combat, which he is. And he begins to run and. Even though Midoriya tones things down to 8%, Shinso should still be extremely concerned about that number.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Midoriya's fast. I think we often forget how fast he actually is. Like, it's pretty wild at 8%. Um, but it's it's interesting. We get a quick flashback where One B is kind of planning this attack, and they talk about how Shinzo is kind of the the linchpin in this plan. Like everything relies on him because they need to take Midoriya out. They know that Midoriya is going to be the the big bad essentially. That if it's if it's up to the him, he is going to win. So let's get him gone, and and then we can move on. But. You know, Shinzo wasn't able to do the job, so he, he apologizes to Monoma, and, and he continues to try to, I guess, regroup. It seems like he's trying to get back to the rest of uh, 1B.
0: Yeah, that was how I read um, his retreat as well, him retreating towards um, his, the rest of his teammates instead of only away from Midoriya. Um, we cut back to Ochako, who has wrapped. Monoma up and is carrying him towards the jail. And he's just floating. I've already seen memes on the internet of Ochako uh, dragging Monoma's floating behind behind her um, <laughs> with some interesting captions on, you know, what each person in that particular situation represents. Um, and Monoma, of course, does, he hasn't given up yet. So he's still hurling objects at her with poltergeist. And in the anime, Ochako is thinking that it's been almost five minutes, so his... Access to these other quirks should should stop any time now, and she's thinking that her mouth does not move, and then Monoma responds to that, and which is jarring. It wasn't animated well, um, but in the manga, Ochako is talking out loud, and then as soon as Monoma starts speaking, that's when she goes silent because she she fears that he has uh, Shinzo's quirk um, uh, amongst his his little arsenal, and so as soon as he starts talking, she stops um which made way more sense than the way it was depicted in the anime.
1: Right. Plus
0: I think it I think maybe Ochako is bad at math. Too? Can we talk about this?
1: <laughs> what makes <laughs> like, you think that? I'm interested.
0: Because she they as part of this conversation, Monoma is like, "Well, you know, I extended my quirk to 10 minutes, and what makes you think I can still do only 3?" Like she he's explicitly asked how many quirks can I hold, and she holds up 3 fingers and he starts talking about maybe I have more, maybe I have 4 or 5. But if she thought that he had three, she does this, like, check down of what it is that he should, that he supposedly has, right? She correctly points out y- ua uh, or um, Poltergeist's, and also Yui Kode's size, and then she saw him try to use one for all, Midoriya's quirk. That would be three. And so, but she still suspects that he also has Shinso's quirk, even though the two of them have not been in contact with one another during this entire time.
1: Well, doesn't he kind of clear that up, though? Because for some reason, he's able to understand what she's saying in her brain inside of this episode. But he, he <laughs> continues to go on with talking about how some of his quirk, like, the effects still linger. So, like, whenever he's using the uh, Yui Kodai's uh, quirk and, and enlarging things, they stay enlarged even after he's lost the quirk. So he's explaining that like with his copycat quirk, sometimes it doesn't, even if the quirk's gone and he can't use it, the effect is still there. So I kind of was under the impression that even if he did lose one, that doesn't necessarily mean that what happens later couldn't happen. Uh, Because as she puts him in jail, he's talking about how like, you know, there's something I've done. You don't know what it is, but I have another quirk ready to go. And I think he refers to it as fire um, and so we know right. she thinks that something's been done to Deku. And as she turns around to run off, she, she starts to head towards him, but then she flashes back and is like, oh yeah, he told me not to worry about him and to go help out Mina and Mineta. So that's what I'm going to go do. Uh, we, we do see that he ends up getting hit by Shota with his uh, twin impact. So we know that maybe that one had already expired, but he's able to trigger it again or something. No, but my point is for him to
0: have gotten... Shinso's quirk, which is what she suspects he has,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he had to have been in contact with Shinso, right, in the time between him using Poltergeist and also Size and also One for All, even if just one oh, of them, because she, she currently suspects he can only hold three.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and so we, she can't count, and she's <laughs> seen him like witnessed him holding four basically. Yeah. Do you think one for all counted though, because it was a blank? I mean, we saw well, the it, electricity it it counted around as far him. as I think she
0: would be concerned, or even Monoma would be concerned.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not good at math either. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I need to defend her. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I was just like, wait a minute. So she she's smart enough to have attempted a count, but she's not paying attention to what we've seen him put on display, and he, she he can't have filled that fourth. That, you know, magical fourth one with Shinzo's, which is the one that she thinks that he has, even though she's seen him use three other ones. That's funny. (laughs) So I
1: was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) She's bad at math. Cannon. Well, we get back over to Shinzo, who is trying to take advantage of the field. He is in this area that is like not really wide open. It's kind of closed off lots of pipes. So I guess he could just bring them down over everyone's head. It's weird how good he is at bringing down pipes. I hope that's a consistent thing he does to everybody. Like, it would just be kind of a funny, like, callback all the time. Uh, but Deku's right on his tail. And a- as I mentioned earlier, twin impact goes off. Deku gets slammed in the face, hits a wall, and, like, kind of, I'm going to say, de-quirks. Like, it seems like he kind of lets one-for-all one da- one down for a moment. Um, and it's, it's pretty impressive. Like, that, that ability is really cool. In retrospect, I didn't think much of it when I first read about it, but I'm like, I could see some really cool tactical advantages if someone didn't know what your quirk was.
0: Yeah, yeah, his the, the way that they display his in that moment was definitely more interesting than the way that they had displayed it earlier.
1: Yeah. Cuz Monomo it's when still he really cool when quirk. he smacks Deku, I mean, he barely touches them. It it looks like so when he does the twin impact, it's just enough to to knock him down. Uh, but we see Kodai is hitting Mineta and Ashido with some screws, and it's it's getting pretty crazy. Like Mineta and Ashido are not in a good spot. They they are having a very difficult time. Uh, and out of nowhere, Ochako comes out and just kind of like wrecks face, like just chops uh, uh, Emily on the the neck. It looks like or Yui Kodai and takes him down and uh ashido comes out of nowhere and is able to take out uh shoda it's pretty cool
0: but yeah this is where the episode felt like like if i didn't know that there was a manga that existed that also rushed the end of this fight it felt like the animators were like dang i really wish i had those four minutes i wasted at the beginning of this episode where i could actually flesh this fight out because it's like somebody flips a switch ochako solos two of these people in
1: like s- second she, like a second she snuck up on him pretty quick i guess and yeah the fact that I guess they were just so tied up with Mina Mineta that they just didn't hear or see her coming. Um, But, yeah, she she comes in, judo chops one of them and
0: then pushes um, Yui like into Mineta's balls. But, you know, it's not that kind of anime. Uh, And then Mina uppercuts Shota with enough force to propel him several feet into
1: the air. That man is dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) That that uppercut was graphic. And Mina is uh, not a girl I would mess with. She looks like she could mess you
0: up. Yeah, and then Deku, uh, you cut back again to Deku and Shinso, and Deku wraps himself up in the capture cloth, because Shinso saw that opening created by Monoma, uh, deploys his capture cloth, um, Deku snaps to it just in time to wrap himself up in it, pull himself towards Shinso, and then he just kind of draws him close and slams him down on the ground, and... That was kind of the, that was kind of it. I mean, Shinzo has some dialogue where he's thinking, you know, I was looking forward to showing you how different I was been before. And I'm so impressed with the hero course. And then it's 4-0, uh, class 1A, because they left they just left Yui stuck to Mineta's balls. They didn't <laughs> even bother, like, removing her and putting her in the prison. Everybody else is there.
1: Yeah, it's a little wild. Uh, and then we transition over to Midnight, who's giving the results as Jiro is standing behind her with like a sign that's protesting Vlad's commentary. Again. Yeah. Uh, and, and we get this kind of like uh, critique follow-up. Uh, Shinzo is like walking up to Aizawa and he's talking about how he's not really strong enough just quite yet. He's got a lot of work to do and he just straight up asked them like, this was my exam to get into the hero course, wasn't it? And Vlad was like, what? But then <laughs> Aizawa was you know, like, yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about it later. We got to go get critiqued first. Uh, so they talk about critiquing a lot, but then it's kind of just a bunch of like huggy-feely good talk afterwards. There's not a lot of I don't know. The first few uh, like matches, we got critiqued. Right? Like they, they said, you're good at this, you're bad at this. You need to work on these things and you were really great here. But with this, it was more just kind of like, you know, Izawa starts it off by talking to Midoriya and he just says, what was going on with you? And Midoriya's like, oh yeah, I've got this new move and I don't really know what to do with it. It's hard to control. And I don't know. It, it just, everyone around him is like, yeah, that's a new move, but it doesn't seem like yours. And, and they kind of move on and Shinzo is Shinzo's talking about all the things he needs to work on. Uh, and there's a funny moment where Mina kind of pokes at Ochako for helping Deku, and she, you know, when when Ochako jumped up in the air and grabbed Deku to help him calm down, uh, Mina's like, you were hugging him pretty hard, weren't you? There's some good there's some good uh, discussion here.
0: Yeah, and I, I liked um, it it struck me that uh, Ochako's explanation of what she did. Uh, despite Mina's I think she says you hugged him real hard didn't you and she's got this devilish you know all knowing look on her face because they they know Ochako's crushing hard and um, her explanation is that you know it's true I kind of acted before I thought which goes all the way back to like first two episodes of uh, My Hero Academia where Deku says that very same thing and All Might's like you know a lot of the best heroes have a story just like that so maybe this is Ochako's Mm -hmm. she tries to dismiss it like she tries to say I should have done better. Um, but I was like, All Might was standing right there. Why didn't he give her the same speech that uh, he, he just lets her say, ah, you know, I should have I should have been calmer. But she I mean, I guess she does cap it off by saying she would have regretted not doing anything. But still, All Might should have been should have given her the same speech that he gave Midoriya, in my opinion.
1: I'm convinced that All Might is like spaced out ninety percent of the time. Like when he's just standing around, he just has this dull look on his face, like he's staring off into the distance. He just and they don't.
0: looks like he's lived his life on meth. He hasn't
1: actually yeah. done that. <laughs> it's crazy,
0: but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the end of this episode is a lot of a lot of like introspection and and almost like negative self evaluation um but aizawa yeah. shuts it down because <laughs> Shinzo yeah. goes off on it and aizawa just chokes him out basically and he's just like all right that's enough nobody asked you all
1: that yeah and he tells him he's like you're you're way overthinking it like no one's asking you to live up to this kind of a level and he tells them ultimately you've all been learning how to save people and in that instance Ochaco, you saved deku and Shinzo, you did too so you passed you know you, you did a good enough job to pass with an earning grade or, or a passing grade Um, but then that's the end of the episode and it just goes off. So I don't know, not the critique I would have looked for. I, I really liked to see one B's critique. Like I want to see Vlad talk about what one B did wrong or right. Like I thought that was just cool to see a little bit into their lives and what they deal with. You know what I mean? And, and instead we got a lot more one, a, which is fine. It's okay.
0: Yeah. You know, on this end of this arc, um, which, you know, the next episode 100 is between two arcs. It has to be. It's it's denoment episode 101, this Christmas thing that we're about to have to do. I am not jazzed about. There's no way that's not filler. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, for the uh, for all intents and purposes, we're at the end of this arc. And as much as I was excited to see class one B and as much as I enjoyed a lot of it, you know, I, I had the thought the other day that I would have liked this arc better if there was one change. And it wasn't that it was. 1a versus 1b but that it was like maybe 1a and 1b versus the folks from Chiketsu high where like you bring in people that these characters are wholly unfamiliar with and they have to be reactive um in uh in in a live fire basically situation i think that would have been way more fun to watch that would have been really cool, but that was a fit like basically the provisional exam yeah, a bit I mean they they would have been a little bit more familiar, but time has passed their quirks are better one A's and B's mm-hmm. that's you true. know Shiketsus would have been cool. There were people that we really like from that particular cast of characters that I would love to see again. I mean,
1: you remember how yeah. cool Yaurashi was dude, I love Yao Rashi. and he he makes a quick appearance in 100. it's just for a, a panel yeah, but. yeah but I mean like having him back would be
0: dope. Um, I mean, yeah. he was like, he felt like he was going to be a big player for a while. And it would, I thought so he's too. nowhere.
1: Yeah, no, there were definitely a handful of people that we were introduced to during the provisional exam that I thought were going to be kind of like Mirio, you know, just show up from time to time, at least. But no, we haven't seen. And him. I think I'll be a little
0: annoyed, too, if after all this time was invested, kind of showcasing one B, which is more or less what this arc was, that we don't see more of one B. In out in the like the, the real world when they actually are using their hero licenses, if there aren't instances where one A and one B bump into each other's agencies when they're interning or whatever the case is and and uh, they work together, we see them more frequently because if all this was was just interclass rivalry, that, that'll be kind of annoying to me. I, I hope that there's more to it than that going forward.
1: I think there has to be, because in 100, we see that 1B has moved into the dorms with uh, 1A, so they're living together now. I think we're going to see a lot more interaction between no, the no, two No, 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 no. They were
0: already. Wait. No.
1: Everybody was living yep. in the dorms, right? I didn't think so. I think just 1A was living in the dorms. They were kind of the, the test. They were the trial to make sure that it was going to work well, and they were also wanting to live in the dorms to protect them because they kept getting attacked. 1B moves into the dorms at the end of 100 was the way I understood no, this.
0: No, I, I see. I took their their presence in the dorm as they were just visiting, not that they um, had moved in. Well, maybe in. I misunderstood. or, or I, I thought, thought they that had moved in. Maybe the case was, I think I had it in my mind that all of the Hero Core students we're in dorms, but you had the 1A dorm and the 1B dorm, and never the two shall shall mix until this episode where after the training, 1B dropped in on 1A to talk about the training exercises.
1: That's how Maybe I read that. I, I, I probably misunderstood it. Well, tweet us. Let us know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Who's wrong? I, it, it could be a Discord discussion. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a poll on Twitter.
0: We're really yeah. not going to do that. Um, but we do pick up with uh, episode 100. It's called The New Power and All for One. And uh, it begins with Midoriya going up to Shinso and just gushing about... Uh, Their interactions, he says. You know, the last thing that you did, you were trying to get me to brawl with you, and the way that you were using the binding the binding cloth was exactly like Aizawa. And you had a really good team in the first match that made you shine, but that wasn't all that you had. You you did you know well on your own is where what he eventually gets around to saying. And then he says again more self deprecation. We see a lot of this in this quote unquote critique, and he says, you know, if we're talking about strength being used for somebody else's sake, I was the one who wasn't any good. And in the anime.
1: Aizawa just goes, yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was great. He's just like, yep. (laughs) Yeah. And we, we do get to see Vlad kind of accept Shinzo, though. I mean, he tells Class 1A and 1B, like, hey, you know, expect to she... He starts to say, expect to, and then he just says, no, definitely, Shinzo's going to be in the hero class. And everyone's like, oh, is it going to be 1A or 1B? Like, everyone wants him. I think I think they're, they've are they all really taken a liking to him. Like, they're excited to have a new classmate, and I think that's really cool. Like, they all accepted Shinzo pretty much immediately. Like, he has to feel pretty graced by their presence, I would imagine. I thought that, that uh, the way that he
0: phrased his his like pitch for Shinso being in one of the classes was interesting to me because he says another we'll have another critique soon, but Shinso will be in the hero courses starting your second year, and then he says make sure you don't lose to him, which made it sound like y'all make sure to beat his ass. <laughs>
1: yeah kind of
0: yeah. <laughs> like it sounded like an invitation for hazing the way that he phrased it
1: i think it was more just along the lines of like don't let this rookie show you yeah. up you guys have had a year in this you know you're gonna make me look bad Oh, uh, that's kind of funny it was funny i was uh, like and, hey, and was then as cool. he's doing this as he's doing this ashito or uh, mina just kind of interrupts and is like hey mineta did something pervy you guys should punish him and they don't really do anything with it. It just kind of transitions away from that as Minetta is like, oh, it was an accident. I swear. Yeah. I promise. He Bob is it. He's, he's like, it was a happy yeah. little accident.
0: And that, that was portrayed differently in the anime than in the manga. In the anime, all of his internal, all of his dialogue was internalized where he was like, this is going exactly according to plan. In the manga, he's screaming that that is that this is going exactly according to plan when his face is shoved into her boob. Wow.
1: Okay. So it's totally different. Yeah. Well, Monoma has this moment too that really cracked me up, where he was just like, "You know what? We didn't actually know that Deku had a new quirk, so if we were to fight right now, knowing that, we have no idea who would win." And Vlad immediately is just like, "Monoma, shut up! We're not doing this again." I mean, it was really funny. I got a kick out of that. Uh, and and Midoriya has a moment where he starts to wonder what Monoma meant when he said his quirk was a blank, and he's kind of trying to figure this out and. Aizawa wraps up the day with just saying like, hey, Monoma, you're going to come visit Eri or Erie with me tomorrow, so be there. Uh, we get this weird quick second, like two second scene where Erie and Mirio are hanging out and apparently she can write now and Mirio is surprised by that and she's writing thank you letters. <laughs> yeah, and she and says it.
0: something weird. Um, She says like, I like write better than I speak and she's writing thank you letters to Deku and Lemillion. I forgot how much I
1: hated that name until she said it. Uh, you know what's funny is I couldn't remember Mirio's name. And in my notes, I've got Lamilion right. And Hannah had to be like, his name's Mirio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then, but then she, he, she says she's writing thank you notes. And then she just says, thank you. And I'm like, well, why are you still writing? You just thanked one of them. Um, but anyway. Isn't she like five? She, yeah, I she's mean, real that, young. But it's, it's, yeah, it's a cute sense. thing. That's all it, it's all it really is. But we we sure. cut to Bakugo and Midoriya brawling it out in one of the, uh, the uh, training rooms uh Like one of the gym looking training rooms, not like one of the big bass set pieces uh and this is presumably to summon black whips and Jinko Jean all Might is like spewing blood as he tries to explain that that is actually not what they 're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, baka goes like yeah. <laughs> stuff like this should come out when you're in trouble and all might's like this is practice to keep it from coming out
1: <laughs> yeah and baka goes like no 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 i gotta scare you like if i beat the living crap out of you maybe i'll scare you enough and then it'll come out like you've got to be terrified of me he's totally wanting to just kick the crap out of deku yeah
0: i loved it too because he's like i'm I'm gonna beat you up hard enough for it to come out and then when it comes out i'm gonna beat you again just to basically prove that i can beat you even with this new thing that you got is basically what he's saying yeah
1: whenever uh they they showcase that quirk uh they transition to bakugo who says something like that quirk you know they do that thing uh and i for a moment i was like man what if that guy's bakugo is like great grandfather and he knows about the quirk wait how crazy would that be who
0: the guy inside of deku man that sounded weird but the guy inside of deku (laughs)
1: Yeah, no. out of context, that is very weird. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that guy—you uh, know his name. I didn't look it up, um, but the Vestige, uh, as I'm going to refer to him as, there's just a moment where Bakugo seems like he recognizes that quirk, and of course, me being me, I was like, that's eh, probably his grandfather. <laughs> Everybody's related, <laughs> according to Adam. <laughs> They've got to be. Uh, but we we do this Horikoshi thing where we're, we we oh go from gosh. that battle training scene to them sitting on a couch eating biscuits and tea and talking about training and all might mentions that he doesn't know anything about this quirk he doesn't think that nada shimura knew anything about this quirk he doesn't think anyone else knows anything about it like he just has no idea what's going on at this point with uh one for all and uh it's funny cuz bakugo is like all right scum talking to deku and all might's like hey don't call him scum and bakugo just rolls right over him and and he questions if maybe this has something to do for with all for one like could it be that and I think this is what they're insinuating at this point is that that quirk, the the ability to collect multiple quirks, was actually from All for One, and and was adapted by whatever the original quirk was.
0: Am, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So Bakugo is picked up on the fact that it now sounds to him like uh, one for all is also like this aggregating power that it's able to store up multiple quirks. and he says that sounds a lot like all for one, possession of multiple quirks. So this is the same thing as him. And all might says right. you know I, he said what I didn't want to, but in order to prevent it from happening again, we need to know more about this power, thus thus the training basically, and we
1: cut back to the training again so and this is where maybe I just need a refresher, in, and I'm curious what you think about this. So we know that All for one has a brother who originally was quirkless or thought to be quirkless, but he did have a quirk and all for one, like basically forced him to take on a quirk. And I don't know that we know what that quirk is yet, but it sounds like the main quirk, uh, one for all. Was originally held by the brother, and then maybe when All for One forced this quirk onto him, he adopted or his quirk was able to pull in this quirk aggregating power? I mean, does that sound right to you? I
0: think the way that I've always had it in my mind is that he gave his brother a quirk that would eventually add up to multiple quirks. He's like, oh, you don't have a quirk and you don't want a quirk. Well, now I'm going to give, I heard you like quirks, dog. I'm going to put a quirk in your quirk. That's what it's, that's what, how I've always thought about that.
1: Oh, I love it. All for one is now exhibit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's right. Uh, so that's, that's how I've thought about uh, one for all is that it was given to him as this quirk that somehow it, it was, it was, it's something that he could Pass around like a baton, which is a, which is th- kind of the opposite of what all for one has. But he he also has a quirk that lets him do that, or he couldn't have done this. He couldn't have given his brother this quirk.
1: Sure, um, sure.
0: So yeah, so that the quirk that he gave is also one that allows him to give, and when it does, it kind of pulls forward any quirks that exist in the person that it leaves. Um, kind of how it sounds or, or the souls or, or the very persons of the, you know, the people that it leaves now that we know that these vestiges are like actual entities basically inside. It's,
1: it's all starting to feel a lot like a horcrux, man. I'm not <laughs> That's gonna <right>. lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Or just like a horror movie. Jeez. Uh, like I, that was yeah. another thing that I was kind of hoping would happen if Monoma ever tried to take uh one for all was that he would just immediately like be aware of eight people inside of him and just freak the hell out like he would just be
1: f- immediately feel like a haunted house <laughs> that would have been so great if my hero was produced by image comics monoma would absolutely have copied his quirk and then been a splatter all over the arena yeah, yeah.
0: which also would have uh, been kind of great maybe
1: i kind. of maybe yeah, that happens that in
0: a, maybe both of those things happen in one of the uh, smash volumes
1: Oh, that would have been really funny. i That's too dark for a Smash <laughs> volume. Those are way too lighthearted. But to be fair, like that would have been a great way for Monoma to go out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it would man, have changed that, the tone of
1: the show a and lot. And that would have raised sure. some
0: questions, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have. Uh, but regardless, uh, we go back to them fighting at Bakugo and Midoriya, and they're having a hard time getting the quirk to trigger. And Midoriya has this moment where he's like, well,. Whenever I used the, the quirk last time and it kind of injured me, I thought to myself that I wouldn't use this power for some time. That I probably wouldn't use it until I mastered the quirk. So maybe because I had that thought, I can't use it. And I don't know. I don't like that at all. But I think you do. Uh, so I think that enhance. it's an attempt.
0: Like, I keep using that word. I think that the... Horikoshi is trying to make some sense of why it is that it might get teased now and then be inaccessible for a while and then make a big comeback later where somehow it's wrapped up in his feelings. But I don't think it has to be because it already has that physical barricade where his body can't handle it right now. So I
1: don't think he really needed both. Um, Couldn't he just be like, oh, I can use this quirk now? Like, as long as he thought that and believed it enough, he would just be able to do it. Well, well, that's exactly
0: what happened with Shinso the second time that he manifested the Black Whips. That was exactly the thing. He's like, you know, my origin story gives me the power. And then he manifests Black Whips, but then he comes up against that physical wall. And I don't know why you would need both, but they're kind of there.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying when he's fighting Bakugo, couldn't he just do the same thing and say, oh, right now I want to use it? It just seems weird yeah, that he yeah. did it once. And then because he uttered the words never again, I feel like it's like an X-Men storyline or something, you know, like, oh, I won't use this quirk again. And now he can't. Um, I don't know. This, this feels kind of hammed up, but that's OK. I'm still having fun. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it's it's going to be strange because, you know, if
0: this one is inaccessible until I mean, he says something along the lines of I might not be able to use this until I master one for all, which probably is going to be a good long time coming. And I don't think that that means that he couldn't in that time between now and mastering one for all and therefore having access to a uh, black whip that that would mean that he couldn't then also unearth or unlock or whatever you want to call it, manifest any of the other, you know, five or six or however many, uh, remaining other quirks inside of the one for all core, as it was described. Uh, so we might we might not see black whip for a while who knows what we'll see in between now and its next appearance is what i'm saying
1: he needs a curing quirk if he got a quirk that cured him then he could just be 100 percent full cowling all the time and then use the curing quirk as well (laughs) he just uh needs to turn airy into a backpack exactly exactly uh, well, we, the funny thing about this, like the, my favorite part about this is that Bakugo gets fed up and he's like, all right, well, if you can't use it, you can't use it. Nothing, nothing I can do. And he just walks off and then Deku starts muttering to himself and he's like, dude, that's creepy. And I don't like it. I'm leaving.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then all my, uh, dismisses himself too. He's like, all right, I guess this is a good place to end. And he just walks off.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we start Deku's getting into
0: some, some serious slice of life stuff for the rest of this episode. Well, the majority of the rest of this episode, we do get um, a little bit more uh, action here towards, towards, the, uh, towards the end. Uh, so we cut back to the dorms and Tetsu Tetsu, Tetsu Tetsu uh, and Kirishima are kind of, they're slugging it out a little bit. Tetsu Tetsu ends up punching Kirishima because Kirishima has presumably said that Tetsu Tetsu outperformed him during the day. And Tetsu Tetsu like, listen, I'm metal. That means I can resist more heat, but you... You know, I, I have a limit to my hardness, whereas you don't. So we're both strong in our own ways. And then they fist bump. Uh,
1: <laughs> dude, the bromance is serious with those guys. It's awesome. Yeah, dude.
0: and then we get a lot of the two classes mingling in the dorms as they get ready to share beef stew meal and talk about the training. And Mineta, circling back around to what you were wanting to talk about earlier, is in a damn clockwork orange getup with his eyeballs That's like spread thing out, Hannah said. watching a television. And Mina's just standing behind him with her arms
1: crossed, <laughs> <laughs> like forcing him to watch it. Watch what, though? That's the question. I'm convinced it's a televangelist. Really? And, and I mean, not convinced, but it would be funny. It, it, it's something, something like that that I feel like Manetta would just hate to have to sit down and be forced to watch.
0: I would think that it, was, it would be something like some sort of expose on what happens to sexual predators in prison.
1: Oh, that could be it. Like <laughs> a, a scared straight yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what my vote is, because he, he looks petrified. <laughs> awesome. Whatever it is that he's watching, he's shook.
1: He does look petrified. Um, then, man, I... Yeah, I wonder. Was there anything in the manga? Is this nope. is this in the manga at all? It is,
0: but it, there's no words whatsoever as to what it is that he's watching. All you see is the back man. of the television screen.
1: What does everyone out there listening think? Tweet? Discord?
0: Yeah, hit us up in know. one of those spaces. We, we get into a, a discussion between Todoroki and Deku because uh, Roki's a little shocked to find out that Midoriya has been holding back the fact that he's got two quirks for this long. And Deku is kind of backpedaling and saying that he thinks it's a derivation. Uh, so it's still one quirk. But, you know, this thing that happened today happened for the first time to me, too. So, I mean, all that's k- kind of true. Like he does a good job of telling the truth without actually revealing anything
1: significant in the process. It, he does, but it's funny because goes listening, and, and Shoto takes that word for word. He's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And goes like, huh, so you're really smart and dumb at the same time, you half and half bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, he, he totally isn't aware, so he has a little bit more knowledge, and I, it's it's great that he forgets that.
0: I like, too, that the end of this conversation is uh, Todoroki talking about how he's he's going to improve, too. Deku compliments him on his use of the fire, and, and Todoroki's like, Yeah, I still got a long way to go, which is why I kind of texted my dad. And we get this scene where Endeavor gets this text message from Todoroki, and he looks down at his phone, and Todoroki's asking him to teach him a little bit more about flash fire. Uh, and something that you said Hannah pointed out, uh, that reminded me of something that I saw on Twitter was that when All Might looks down at his phone, the the subtitles. You mean Endeavor? Yeah, Endeavor. sorry. When when Endeavor looks down at his phone, the subtitles say that Shoto is shortened down to Show uh, when it when it, he's credited for the little text at the bottom. And I had seen something on Twitter that said that it was a cool touch that the when Toto when Shoto texts Endeavor that his little icon is the kanji for fire or for flame or flaming or something like that. And it's in a blue ice colored bubble. So it kind of showcases his hot side and cold side. Uh, And then when you brought that up about it being show, I jumped on the wiki. And indeed, show is the, the pronunciation of that particular kanji in Japanese, which is a pretty cool touch. That's a small touch, but it's really neat.
1: That is neat. And you've not even mentioned the best part about this scene. The whole time Endeavor's on his phone, he's also like absolutely death choking, strangle holding a villain. <laughs> <I> mean, he's <laughs> Casually. fighting crime and talking to his son. What a, he's, he's working his way up to being a great dad, man, I'm telling you. We're going to see some sort of like a redemption arc here. Yeah, we talked about that at great length in the Discord. There was lots of
0: discussion about Endeavor and also Vegeta and, and the differences between the two.
1: That was a really cool discussion and it actually was very on point. I really I thought that was awesome. So check it out. Yeah, I turned
0: into a DBZ apologist a little bit. But uh, T.W. Sang was also um, talking very, very sharply about Japanese culture and uh, a lot of really neat things. It was it was a cool discussion. Jump in the discord and scroll up some and you'll see what we're talking about.
1: We transition over to uh, this awesome scene here with Aizawa, uh going over Shinzo's performance with the faculty, and it looks like the evil principal Nezu is standing there, and he's very excited to get Shinzo on board. He tells Aizawa that he's going to yeah he tells Aizawa that he's going to handle all the paperwork and, because that's clearly the evilest thing for him to do here. well, yeah, absolutely he probably <laughs> there's probably not even any paperwork. He just <laughs> makes it look like he's being a principal. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that paperwork, and there's not any uh but as he's leaving, uh, we get this scene between him and present Mike, and present Mike is like, "Wow, man! Like, you're really going out of your way for this kid. That's kind of unlike you. Do you do you think it's because you see yourself in him, or does it have something to do with uh, uh loud cloud, Shirakumo? I almost said Shikara- uh, Shikamaru, which is not right.
0: Yeah, and, and that's pretty much the only mention that we get. There's no." Picture at all of Shirakumo in the anime. Um, he's meant he's shown in a panel somewhere in these chapters that I listed earlier, and I can't recall where it is. But it's not right here. Um, but there's a scene of present Mike and Shirakumo talking in one of the panels. Um, yeah. But we we cut again straight away from that. It was just a little teaser, possibly of some other stuff that might might come up later, or just a you know a little head nod or hat tip to folks who are reading Vigilantes. And we finally catch up with Izawa. Mirio, Deku, Eri, and Monoma. Um, and Aizawa explains that he basically wanted Mirio and Deku to be there because Monoma uh you know could very easily frighten poor little Eri. <laughs> she he ba- she basically needed some uh some support because Monoma is a little oppressive as far as his personality goes. Um, and he touches Aerie, instructs Monoma to try to copy Aerie's quirk, and he touches her, and he grows a horn. However, he calls it a blank, and we finally get an explanation of what that means. Um, He says, you know, it's like when I tried to take your quirk. He doesn't call it all for one. He doesn't know what that is, or one for all. He doesn't know what that is, but he says your quirks are stockpiling, so I can copy the nature of the quirk, but if it's a quirk where you accumulate something and change it into energy, I can't copy what needs to be accumulated, and he gives fat gums uh, absorption uh, as an example like if he touches fat gum he won't then become fat Um, he will still be thin Uh, but I guess I think that that would still mean that he could eat and possibly accumulate some of that fat but not at the rate where that quirk would be useful
1: but yeah I mean that's the way I understood it because he only has 10 minutes at this point to, to do anything with said quirk so I don't and I don't think fat gum can put on weight that quickly. I don't think that's part of his quirk. Right. I just think he's able to use the weight he does have. Um, and, and real quick, I love the fact that when he first shows up, uh, Erie runs away from Monoma and is like, oh, it's the bad part of <laughs> you." Yeah, that's right. And Monoma's like, what? And, and Mirio says, yeah, yeah, I told her that. Yeah. <laughs> he's unapologetic <laughs> about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. pretty great.
0: Uh, so oh. they, we get the explanation that Aizawa was hoping Monoma could copy Eri's quirk and then teach her how to use it, um, as opposed to her trying to learn how to do it on her own because it can be kind of dangerous. Eri um, is very apologetic about how she thinks that her quirk is only ever caused trouble, and she wished that she didn't have this power. And then Deku g- gives this like really weird uh, simile. <laughs> he says, it doesn't only cause trouble, remember it saved me, It's like knives. They're dangerous, but the sharper they are, the more delicious food that you can make with them. Which is like, I I guess, but that was a really weird
1: analogy. I thought so too. But this did make me think of something uh, that we saw a couple of episodes ago when we first saw the the first wielder of All for One, or, or sorry, One for All, where we have that scene of All for One taking powers away from people that don't want them. And this is exactly what Eerie would have done, I think. I think if she knew somebody that could take her quirk away, she would absolutely jump on that. Mm. And it makes me wonder, like, does All for One have a place in the My Hero world where that quirk could be used for good? And it seems like it does. If you could trust that quirk to not become this all-encompassing, powerful being like All for One is, he could save lives. I mean, think about... the hoda brother you know that is a massive cricket thing like <laughs> yeah. sh- he surely he would want his quirk taken away he doesn't like having to be stuck out there in the middle of like a camp that's meant for big quirked people you know like i don't know it just this was a moment where i was like huh here's a case where someone doesn't want their quirk you know and there's nothing they can do about it
0: yeah you know? we I want to kind of, if you're, if you're okay, we'll, we'll move a little quickly through some of this slice of life stuff to get to the meat and, and taters of the end of episode 100, which, you know, I don't think that we gave, gave that enough lip service. This is the hundredth episode of this anime. And, and that's we, pretty impressive. We we're here for it. Yeah. Uh, so it's snowing. Mineta runs out. Kirishima runs out. Um, Ida is being a helicopter dad. Ochako is concerned about poor cold blooded Sue, who's like curled up in as tight a ball as she can be on the on the couch. So they close she the door. She can't move. She can't move. Um, they, there are some discussions about Todoroki and Bakugo being off to actually finally earn their provisional licenses. And we get this tantalizing two seconds of them staring down Gang Orca and a handful of his minions. That's what I wanted to watch. But we don't get right. any of that. Um, oh man we do see i'd pay for that yeah right um we we see Todoroki bakugo yarashi and kami standing there and then there's also this like chikorita
1: looking lady i saw her but i didn't know who she was i don't remember her failing i don't know Uh, who that is yeah me either there is a great scene right here where kaminari says the only thing he's ever beaten those two at is getting his license first i had i think it's uh um, sarah is it Mineta or Sarah that's just like, hey, don't be petty. And, and Mineta's like, ah, Petinari. Yeah. And I thought that was really funny. It was
0: Minetta that called him Pettinari, which is pretty good. I tried to make something of this little news clip that they seem to linger on, this um, expands into hero support items or some such. And I thought that maybe it was, an ac- uh, is it an acrostic? Where the, like, maybe it was the letters of a word scrambled up. Um, But I plugged it into one of those things that will unscramble it into all of its different things. And the words that came up didn't make any sense to me like that. that, Well, they don't make sense to me now. Maybe we'll learn some other things. But like one of them was like some word I'd never heard of. That means that it's a group of three. And then the other one was like attended or attend, attendant, something like that. So I don't know what that's about, but it can't be nothing. In fact, this is where I need to talk about where the manga kind of deviates from the anime is uh, here in chapter 218 up to this point, up to, up till they present that uh, commercial is all in the anime. But then the next several pages are a a Detnarat commercial and then higher ups kind of discussing something. And I'm not going to talk very much about it until we actually see it in the anime. I'm assuming that this is coming up right around the corner and we'll cover it then. But you gotta okay, yeah. you gotta do some scrolling before you get up to the point where uh, we catch up with Bakugo, All Might, and Todoroki.
1: Yeah, because we we transition from this commercial that you're talking about that we see on the TV to the city being attacked by some surfers. They're like basically flooding the town, and as they're flooding the town, they're stealing people's wallets and purses and causing havoc and. All Might and a couple of kids are in the car. Um, and we don't know at the time that it's Bakugo and Todoroki, however, we do now. Uh, basically they flash their hero provisional license and <laughs> say, hey, we can help here, you know. I like to think my headcanon is is that like All Might picked them up from school to take them to get like a happy meal as a congratulations, you know. I think he just back went of with them to the licensing exam. That's how I that's how I read that. Uh, see, that's a good way to put it, but I, I like mine better. I mean, taking he's taking them out for
0: congratulatory ice cream seems fine, too. Yeah. But, yeah, but that like would have it. meant that they would have gone back to the dorms, and that doesn't make sense, because when they do get there, eventually there's the surprise party thing, and they couldn't have gone back and forth. Maybe he no, met them after have. the provisional licensing is That That much is at least, I'm pretty confident of that.
1: Sure. Sure. This scene is pretty hectic. I mean, like they get out of the car and immediately they start wrecking face. All of the villains get wrecked. I mean, Todoroki freezes like the entire roadway. So all of this, all of this water that they have has been frozen. Now the villain breaks out of it though. Like, and it turns out that he has some sort of carbonation quirk, which I guess he's able to use to break out of Todoroki's ice. I don't know how that works, but. Hey, I'm not questioning a carbonation quirk. I don't know what all he's doing with his soda themed (laughs)
0: quirk. Okay. I want to talk about that for a second. Before I want to make fun of this villain though. Uh, there's this really funny line where Bakugo is basically telling all might, Hey, me and Roki are going to go handle business because no other heroes are around. Uh, and the villains have like sorted that out. They've cased the neighborhood. They know that there's not going to be anybody to intervene, but they didn't plan on a couple of high schoolers coming back from their provisional licensing exam. And, uh, All Might says something like, well, you've only had your provisional licenses for 30 minutes. And Bakugo goes out there and he's just like, well, how many minutes have to pass before we become heroes? (laughs) And that scene is so cool of him like hanging off the light pole. It just looked cool. It did. Then you get this villain and you start taking a closer look at him and his, his mask looks like he's got like soda can pop tab things over his ears yeah
1: it's so funny and he starts
0: talking about how he's this um he can control he can manipulate carbonish carbonation and i just have in my notes all right white claw calm down like that's my <laughs> that's my name for him i don't care if there's a wiki his name is white claw full stop that's that's headcanon for sure
1: oh i like that a lot that's awesome uh it, i mean th- this all happens fairly quickly like baka is able to save a lady nearby like it's it, this guy's quirk is going off and it seems like he's got some sort of gear that he can't control mm-hmm. quite well so his quirk is going off crazily and it like slashes this light pole in half and this lady has surpassed all might who is doing crowd control and all Might's it's like oh my god what are you doing and he he jumps it over her to, to protect her but bakugo bakugos and comes in saves the day he protects all might and he protects her and he even tells all might some weird comment like if you're going to commit suicide do it somewhere else or something. It's weird Bakugo stuff, right? Uh, but he's able to turn around and, and take on these villains. He takes out all of the cronies and then uh, Todoroki's able to use like a flash freeze heat wave special move and take out the main villain. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was really awesome. Um, and he has some weird comment he makes It's really corny, like carbonated water goes flat when you heat it up. I assume right. that's true.
0: I never looked it up.
1: I-, I just feel like Todoroki has better one-liners than that, man. <laughs> That was so silly. You've been scienced. But I will say that I think that uh, they, they, they mentioned that he's got some sort of a black market support gear. I think this is absolutely related to that company commercial we saw. Someone's either they're funneling stuff into the black market or someone's stealing from them, like the League of Villains. That's, I, I think that's why that was brought up. This is all going to be related somehow. Yeah,
0: I think so too. There's a funny conversation between uh, Todoroki and Bakugo as well, where Todoroki's like, Hey, uh, they've all been taken out, right? Anyone hurt? And he's like, no, you bastard. <laughs> like, everything's fine. Yeah. And then, yeah, He's like, what, are you making fun of me? Yeah. And then Todoroki's like, well, how about the woman? Is she fine? He's like, yeah, you bastard. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's <laughs> fine, damn it. <laughs> everything's yeah. fine. Why are you like this? Um, and then you have a pro hero question mark. Like, i th- that seems to be the vibe that you get from this dude who rolls up on the scene. It turns out his name is Slide and Go, and he has questionable choices when it comes to costumes, <laughs> if nothing else. He's got a giant, like broad arrow that starts at his waist and goes down to his knees. And it just it is it
1: is uh, it is phallic, to say the least. (laughs) It's very strange, but he recognizes Bakugo. He's like, oh, yeah, you're that crazy kid from UA, right? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, And, you know, I mentioned this to you before we started recording something about that pro hero reminds me of Compass Kid.
0: He looks like Compass Kid, but he has Koichi's uh, quirk almost, or at least it sounds like he has Koichi's quirk. We don't see him do anything in the manga. It does look like he's
1: like sliding on the heels of his feet when he's walking up with All Might. Yeah, it does. Uh, We get a moment here, too, where he asks Bakugo, like, okay, well, you saved all the people, but what about the purses? And there's a scene where they've all been collected, but we didn't get to see Bakugo collecting them, which I wish we had. Him getting caught dead with purses around his (laughs) hand seems like something he never would have been, like, owned up to. Okay, so in the anime, I had the same note, like, when in the world did he
0: snatch all those purses in the manga though it it shows a panel where when he hit all the the little minions when he knocked all them out and before he went after white claw that that's when he pickpocketed them is what he says and then there's this funny panel where he's got his um, grenade gauntlet out extended and it's full of purses and there's one hanging from the little pull pin (laughs) it's a really funny (laughs) panel i'll share it to the twitter uh, when this episode goes live because it is pretty hilarious
1: that's awesome. Uh, well, we finish off this episode with Todoroki talking about how he needs to melt the ice, which I don't think we've ever heard him say before. Like, I mean, I've always assumed he had to do that, but it was just funny, like, Todoroki playing cleanup, and Baka goes like, well, I'm not helping, so I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and credits roll, and then we, we populate back over to the dorm room, where... They're walking in the front door, everything's dark, and there's a big surprise party for them, and everything's great and happy. Uh, and D- Deku says he wants to do hero work with Bakugo, and it, it just pisses him off. And Don't look down credit, on me, you damn nerd. Yeah, I'm not doing anything with you. So Then there's bickering, and then
0: there's mention that the next episode is going to be a Christmas-themed, probably, filler, and I wasn't jazzed about that. We're going to talk about it, of course, but I'm ready for the next thing. I keep hearing that some of this, like, maybe even the very next thing coming up is going to be super dope like
1: yeah yeah
0: i'm super excited
1: about it i wonder if we're going to start to see more of the other i'm going to say villain leagues that's not really what i mean but we know that there was the league of villains and the shia hasai i probably got that wrong i was pretty close though yeah close um but I know that we also have heard mention or telling of other groups of villains. I wonder if maybe that's going to come up soon. Uh, that would be pretty cool. We shall see in episode one hundred and two and beyond, because one hundred and one probably isn't going to have much of that. <laughs> probably <laughs> I'm just not. guessing. Well, man, we've been going pretty long, but uh, I think you have been talking about on the Twitter and in the Discord, we've mentioned that we are going to come up with some mundane quirks for Class 1B, and specifically the 1B heroes that have participated in the last two fights. Uh, So I'm interested. Go ahead and hit me with what you got, man.
0: All right, so I have mundane applications for Class 1B quirks for Owase, Yui Kodai, Shoda, and Tokage. So I'll just give them to you in that order. Um, Owase, because of his... Uh, welding quirk uh, means that he would have a fail-proof grip. So I thought that he could play football and just literally never fumble the ball ever, 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 ever. Um, And he could win a bunch of...
1: He could like meld the ball to his hand? Yeah.
0: Um, Then he could... I mean, he would be an amazing receiver. Assuming he could do it instantaneously, he could catch a ball with one finger extended. um,
1: It it seemed instantaneous. Yeah,
0: I think so too. Um, I also think that he could just travel the world or the country and just win cars because, you know, those competitions where they're like last person with their hands still on the car. Like, oh, that's a no brainer. He just sits down, melds his hand and then he can sleep, do whatever the hell he wants. (laughs) He ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Um, Is that even a real thing? I I thought
1: that was just something you see in like TV shows. No, it's
0: it's a thing that happens occasionally. Um, That's interesting. I also said that he might be great at things like Ninja Warrior, like obstacle courses in competitions because he could just like stick to literally all of the things. He wouldn't be able to complete the course, though. Well, he can unmeld. Like, like, that's a thing that he can do.
1: But I can't... Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I would debate that one, but I'll give it to you.
0: I think for Yui, who uh, she's the one that has size as the quirk, I think that she would just get around all size restrictions on flights. You know, (laughs) she could be like, shrink down a full-size bottle of shampoo so it looks like it's three ounces, and then later on, uh, undo it. Uh, And she would make a dastardly assassin like she could make shrink down a real gun to make it look like it's a pendant on a wrist uh, on like a bracelet or a or a necklace get it into places full size that thing shoot somebody shrink it back down onto her necklace and nobody be
1: any wiser or even better yet you could just have someone swallow a whole bunch of pins and needles not know it and then (laughs) <laughs> get away from them and oh have it gosh, go back up true. bigger. I mean, like there are so many things that she could do with that quirk as far as an assassin goes that you wouldn't even have to be near the person necessarily. That's true, man. Yeah. It could be real devious. Yeah. yeah you're totally right. One. You came up with some pretty dark, uh, concepts for her quirk. Jeez.
0: I just came up with the, what you, you turned it all crazy. <laughs> Making people swallow pins and needles. You um, opened
1: the door. You opened the
0: door <laughs> for Shoda, I said that he would be, he's the, um, second what's that what's that thing called again twin impact twin impact um so he could be an extremely efficient carpenter he wouldn't even need a hammer he could just like tap a nail with his finger and then say fire and it would drive itself Um, that's really
1: similar to what i came up with for him actually
0: he would be great at demolition for the same reason Mm -hmm. or he could be a really sneaky arm wrestling champion because all he would have to do is be like, hey, high five before the match. And then they high five just as that's like his weird thing that he likes to do before a match is high five or just really aggressively shake somebody's hand where they, you know, he forces his hand real hard into the other guy's arm. And then when the whistle blows or they say go, he says fire and then slams that dude's hands down. It looks like he slams his hand down, but he's really just going for the ride.
1: Huh, that's actually a really good one.
0: Uh, and then for Tokage, I said that she would be excellent at hide and go seek because she could hide in f- up to 50 places. And who's going to look, you know, inside of a cup for a human being? Uh, That's true. And then she could be a, re- a realistic stunt double for horror movies. Like instead of oh, them having yeah. to go for like weird um, practical effects, she could just literally fall apart when somebody swings a thing at her or she gets fed into a wood chipper or whatever the case may be.
1: That's a really cool one. Actually, I have a similar one as well. So, how dare you I know. Lay them on me. All right. So, uh, I'm going to go down my line. Uh, for Shoda, I actually thought that he would be a really, really good person to have in like a smithy. Like, if he was working with uh, metal and everything and like making like old hammers and stuff, like a blacksmith, yeah. he could effectively do the same thing. You know, that would be really cool. Just kind of similar to your um, uh, woodworking quirk. Yep. Or no, not quirk, but very similar to that. Um, my the big one I had was from Monoma. I thought it would be really cool if he could teach people about their quirks, which I already mentioned. But Izawa stole that one, so I decided he could be a stunt <laughs> double. He would be the perfect stunt double because he could have multiple quirks going on at once. So he could do like fire stunts and he could he could impersonate somebody oh. else. He could take Tokage's stuff, like he could be the ultimate stunt double in any situation you need because he could just borrow the quirk he needs for that particular move. Interesting. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um I'm for Yui it. Kodai I also had working in Hollywood. Think about all of the miniatures they use in all these movies that they then scale up somehow, you know, whether they're using a green screen or whether it's forced perception they wouldn't have to deal with that like imagine lord of the rings with yui kodai she could have taken all those little miniature sets they made and just blown them up into the real deal it's true i mean as far as i can tell there was no limitation to her quirk i I didn't see anything in the wiki that mentioned size limitations so that one i thought would be pretty cool one Um,
0: wasn't her wasn't one of her was it her or no Emily's was the weight one because she can only move so one. much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz initially I thought she would be really good in a horror movie uh because or not a horror movie, sorry, uh like haunted mansions scenarios because she could like move everything with her telekinesis. You wouldn't have to have a whole bunch of people doing stuff. But then I was like, ah with that weight limit, it would be pretty restrictive and and I thought she could be part of a circus, but I don't know. That that would defeats the point of a circus, yeah.
0: right? I think the only restriction that we've heard for Yui is that
1: sh- it has to be inanimate. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the only thing I could see is that it doesn't work on anything that is a living organism. Yeah. Uh, but I i feel like that would be really useful in Hollywood. It's not really mundane, but it's not hero work. I consider yeah. anytime someone's using their quirk for non hero work, it's mundane in my mind if it could be used for hero work. So yeah. I'm going to make that one count. Uh, my last one is uh for, well, I've got two more. Uh, Shinzo would be the best hypnotist if he didn't tell anybody what his quirk was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course I've got, Awase. say, uh, he would literally be the best welder of all time. Like it just welding, he doesn't have to do sports or anything like that. Like he could be an underwater welder because that's a huge demand and a very dangerous job. He wouldn't have to use any fire underwater, which is where the dangerous part comes in from my understanding. He it's, could just yeah. Go. It's those compressed, uh, flammable materials. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have to do that. He could just swim down there and touch everything, uh, which would be probably a huge relief to all of those people. It's kind of funny to me how many of these, when we're talking
0: about mundane applications for quirk, how many of them are just like, they should just go work for Ochako's parents. They're yeah, all like, no. they're like all, construction related.
1: All of these quirks could be like, I can't believe that Ochako's parents haven't tapped into this. You know what I mean? Like just hire a bunch of heroes to do this work. It's true. I mean, they don't even have to be heroes. They don't have to be licensed
0: heroes. At least they can just, what I mean. somebody with a quirk, there's 80% of the population might be useful to them.
1: Well, and that's the thing is like they could be the best hero retirement place because it's like, oh, you're done with hero work. Hero work's getting too hard. Come work at Ochaco Parents Construction Company. <laughs> Cause I, cause God, I don't I know that's what it's, what it's, it's called. called. <laughs> you know, we, we've got a place for you. You can use your quirk at any time you need. It would just be a good place. Like it could be the retirement home for quirk people yeah uh gosh
0: these mundane applications are so much fun
1: they are they're a blast uh did we get any from uh, any listeners we did not this week thanks for bringing that <laughs>
0: up jerk uh <laughs> no uh we we didn't and, and these are harder things to uh to think through um so we'll we'll uh, i don't even have an idea for next next episode's um segment at the end but once i think of that i will share that on the twitter and the discord and we'll see if what we don't kind get of, some
1: bites uh... What kind of Christmas presents would you get the Heroes of Class 1A? Oh, that could work. Yeah.
0: What are you going to get? All right, we'll go with that, unless I come up with something
1: better. Just buy Minetta a Pornhub account.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. Or a, uh, uh, an Express VPN so it can't be traced back to him. There you go. There you go. That way the
1: school <laughs> faculty doesn't know what he's doing. At yeah. least they, you know, they can pretend to not know.
0: Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay.
1: <laughs> we're we're going to end it right about here. <laughs> Anyways, this has been Episode 80 of Almighty Podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Almighty Pod or follow Back Patio Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Back Patio Network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O.